All right, we'd like to welcome everybody to Landmark Baptist Church Sunday School. Uh, it's February the 4th, Lord's Day Sunday morning. Uh, just so thankful uh, to be saved, thankful to be in the family of God, thankful to be in the house of God. I'll give everybody a real quick update on my wife. Uh, they found out, or I found out this week, not only has she got a fractured arm, but she got a fractured pelvis. going to be long term, probably over three months. Or if she's even able to get her mobility back, I'm praying for her. Please help me pray for her. I uh, hope she's able to get her mobility back. Uh, she's in a lot of pain. She just can't uh, get any comfort at all uh, with the injury she's got. And, of course, they're not giving her as much pain pills as she did at the house. And she's feeling it pretty good, too. And it's probably better for her not to have those pain pills, to be honest with you. But uh, we desire your prayers. And we got several people want to pray for real quick. Sister uh, Kay Hurt called me and requesting prayer uh, for a man named Tommy. And uh, we want to we want to remember Tommy. Uh, we want to remember uh, Bruce. We want to remember uh, Mike. Uh, we want to remember uh, uh, several people that are going through it right now. And uh, I don't know if I can name them all. Be honest with you. But uh, we want to go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help those that are suffering. In the nursing home, I've seen a lot of suffering. I just had a family that asked me to remember them in prayer. And uh, their neighbor, uh, he's uh, uncomfortable and unruly and, and uh, real loud. <laughs> they asked me to remember him too. So we're going to do our best to take some of these matters to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the beautiful day you've given us gathering your house. Lord, we pray, Father God, this morning, Lord, first of all, for your forgiveness on our sins, Lord. We, we know David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he said, the Lord will not hear me. And, and I do want to be heard this morning. And Lord, I also want to pray in Jesus' name. Lord, you said uh, that the only way we could come to the Father was through you. And uh, whatsoever we ask in your name, we shall receive of the Father. So we want to pray today for forgiveness. I want to pray today in Jesus' name, Father. And I pray for Tommy. Oh Lord, I think it may be a lost man. Uh, we pray for him, God, he gets saved. And Lord, I pray for Mark and Kay Hurt. Lord, I pray you be with them. Pray you help them. Both of them, Lord, suffering. Uh, Lord, with health issues, help Brother Mark with his back. Help Sister Kay. Uh, Lord, to get her health back. Lord, I pray for my wife. Lord, my Loving wife, 48 years. Our Lord would be here with me, I believe, if she could. Our Lord, she's went through much suffering and got many more days of suffering to come. And Lord, we're kind of wondering how this happened. Our Lord, her arm's fractured, her pelvis is fractured, and I think she may even have more injuries. We're taking this one day at a time. We pray for her, Lord. You're the Lord God that healed us, Lord. And you're the great physician. Uh, Lord, every now and then we come to think that maybe we have something to do with somebody's healing. Uh, we do bring the needs to you. And Lord, uh, we know, Lord, if any two agree on anything on earth, it will be done of our Father in heaven. But Lord, we also know, Lord, your will is also, uh, Lord, taking into consideration that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And we know, Lord, you're not willing that any perish. We know, Lord, you want people that are hurting 
to be prayed over. You said call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them. And uh, Lord, we're doing that. And, and Father God, we pray, Lord Father, for Lord uh, Bruce. We pray for Mike. I pray, Father Lord, for many here in the church had surgery. Sister, Sister Carolyn, Lord, had her foot. Uh, Lord operated on. We pray that all heal up. And I pray it be better than it was before. Sister Vonnie's recovering, Lord, from surgery. And we pray for her, Lord, that, that Lord, she's completely recovered. She wanted to be here today. She called me and said, Oh, I'd love to be there. She's trying to use caution and trying to use uh, care that she not get back, Lord, and sick. We understand that. She's looking forward to coming. The drive is a long drive for him. We pray for her, God, you'll help her with all of that. And uh, Lord, uh, Sister Ashley called me this morning. She wanted to come to church. I wasn't able to come get her. But I pray she'd be able to get a ride, be able to get here. Uh, we love Sister Ashley. And I pray you'll work all that out for her, Lord. I pray, Lord Father, for Mike. I pray, Lord Father, for uh, Lord Brother Mitchell, Lord. He expressed, Lord, he's got some health issues. Pray for Phyllis. Lord, also got some health issues, Lord, falling. Uh, Lord, pray for Sister Joanne. Uh, Lord, I love Sister Joanne. I love it when she posts. She's able to uh, fix herself a cup of coffee and able to get up out of bed. What a blessing. The simple things, Lord, that all of us, uh, Lord, take for granted. Lord, uh, uh, Lord, uh, we know the Bible says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth before the evil days Draw now, and thou says, I have no pleasure in them. We know Job said, Where some days are pouring unto me. Uh, we understand Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1, and we understand Job's, Job's statement there, Lord. And we enjoy health, and we know it can change. Even in a day, it can change. And we pray for those, Lord, that are struggling with their health. We pray for those that are lost. Lord, that they get saved. And, and Lord, we pray, Lord, Father, for those hostages over there in Gaza. I pray they'll be released unharmed. And, and Lord, may they be able to come back to their families, Lord. We see so many things going on, Lord. And we're not able, Lord. You are, but we're not. Abraham said, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And Lord, we know you will. And Lord, he, he prayed for Lord and his family and Lord that's what we're doing we're praying for these and many Lord requesting prayer from us and we try to call them all out to God and Lord we pray for every church that's still standing for the truth still fruitful still going for God we pray for them Lord help them Lord send them Lord I pray your blessings and add to them such as should be saved and Lord bless our young people Thank you for Rita, Lord, works with our young people, Lord, what a blessing. And Lord, what a great sacrifice, Lord, she's made to influence them for the Lord and help them to, to get the Word of God and to grow in the love of God. Thank you for those that work with our young people, Lord, and bless your work, Lord, and revive it in these latter days and help our leaders, Father. I, I would to God they'd have the fear of God in their heart. I, I know your Word says that Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sins a reproach to any people. And Lord, I see the things going on in this country, and there's a price to pay for it. And we see some of that coming out. We see, Lord, people, Lord, uh, uh, Lord, getting exposed for wickedness, 
stepping down from their job because they got called and, and rightly so, Lord, they thought somehow they could get by with it. And, and Lord, we pray, God, this morning that this Sunday school lesson be a blessing. Lord, I see no end to this prayer. I could just keep on going. But bless your men of God. Bless your children. Bless your work. Bless, Lord, this country. May it, I pray, Lord, to get back to walking with God and seeking to do that which is right in the sight of God. Lord, we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Your blessed will be done. Amen. Our brother Don is not here this morning, but he was here last Sunday, and he did read Psalms chapter 13, Psalms chapter 14, and to my amazement, we only got through Psalms chapter 13. So today, we'll try to get through Psalms chapter 14, but before I ever even get into the lesson, I brought this book with me. I, I, I hate to read. I'm going to put it in front of the camera. It's kind of a glossy book. Uh, you'll be lucky if you can even see it because of it being glossy. But uh, can, you, can you see it pretty clear there, Rita? Take a look there and see if they can. Can you see it? Is it pretty clear? It is right there. All right. We're just trying to get this book uh, your attention, I, I hate reading, but I've read so far in this book, I've read uh, 90 pages. And I hate reading. But my wife's in a nursing home rehab over there on Westwood Street. And I'm sitting with her all day long. I brought this book, thought I'd do a little reading in it. I do my Bible reading there at the house. And I have been very much enlightened by this book. Uh, this guy's very informed. Uh, he brought things to my understanding that I knew somewhat of, but not in any great truth. I'm going to give the name of it because some people don't have the live stream. They're listening by way of the internet. But this book is called Understanding the Times, Volume 3, and the name of the book is called Perilous Times, Deep Truths for Shallow Waters by Dr. William P. Grady. I just didn't realize I knew Brother Grady's a great man. I've met him several times. I've heard him preach. I've been in many services for Brother Grady, but I had no idea that he had the connections that he had to get the information that's wrote in this book. And I will tell you this. I doubt you'll get this information anywhere else. Uh, I bought the book. It's probably one of the best investments I've made in a long time. I think I gave him $20 for this book. The price of it's actually $24.95. But he wanted to give it to me. I said, no, let me buy it. And uh, I'm glad. I thank God for it. Uh, I would encourage you to get this book, Perilous Times, by Dr. William P. Grady, and uh, it will, I'll tell you right now, within 50 pages, you'll say, Brother Eddie, you wasn't kidding. Within 50 pages, I knew immediately I was going to read the whole book. All right, let me get off of that. Uh, we're in Psalms chapter number 14. Psalms chapter number 14. And uh, we're, we'll be going expository, which just means expanding upon verse by verse. So we'll start out here. Uh, verse 1 says the fool has said in his heart there is no God 
And that says quite a bit already. Uh, that's repeated in Psalms 53, uh, verse 1. The same things mentioned. It says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And actually the whole, it's a little different. It says, corrupt are they, they have done abominable iniquity. There's none that doeth good. That's Psalms 53, verse 1. But Psalms 14, verse 1, says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There's none that doeth good. That one verse says so much. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, and you know the Bible does fitly join together. It fits. And if you put the right verse to the right context, uh, there's a reason that it goes together. But in Psalms chapter number 1, starting in verse number 22, and it's God doing the speaking here, uh, he says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And I lived that kind of life for 34 years. I didn't really want to know the truth. I just wanted to live my life my way. And uh, you know, uh, it was my way or a highway. But how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning? And I made kind of light of God, the Bible, people going to church and all of that. It just wasn't for me. And there's a world of people out there just like that. Uh, they're not interested in eternity. Morning, Sister Shine. Uh, they just want to do uh, their thing, their way. Uh, they don't care what uh, God has to say. And uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I was one of these fools right here. And I must admit, I wasn't an atheist. But I was a fool in the fact that I didn't let God be God in my life. It's okay for Him being God with everybody else. But it says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning. And here it is. And fools hate knowledge. You see, I hated knowledge. And fools do. Uh, they, they don't want to know about God. They don't want nobody to tell them there's a burning hell. They don't want nobody to tell them about Calvary. They don't want nobody to tell them what they're doing is wrong. They just want to be left alone. I remember as a very young age, I thought, you know, it's my life. Oh boy, that's the farthest from the truth. Uh, Job said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And uh, you know, there's just so much that people don't really understand. I used to be one of them. I've read the Bible through 20 times now. And, and I've still not got it all because there's no way to get it all. But I do understand this. I've got much to do with Him. Acts 17 says, In Him we live, we move, and have our being. Right now my wife's struggling because of a stroke. And uh, she can't speak real good. We take that for granted. Yeah. Samson, with all his great strength, mm -hmm. said, I'll go out as other times. He didn't. And uh, fools, they hate knowledge. God here, the gracious God of heaven, says in verse 23 of Proverbs chapter 1, he says, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. God's a reasonable God. He wants to help you. You can't get the help of God nowhere else. No. You can go to others. But I'll be honest with you. They might not tell you the truth. At least God will love you enough to tell you the truth. 
And I'm not. I'm gonna try to keep it simple. These these <laughs> seven verses here. We just barely made it through last Sunday, and it was just six verses. But he says here, I will pour out my spirit unto you. God will open your eyes. God will show you. He said, I will make known my ways unto you. You notice this is individual. Somebody said, God don't care about me. He says he does. He said, I'll pour out my spirit unto you. That's individually. Now he'll do it to all, but he'll also do it to an individual by themselves. There's probably a young person out there right now, and maybe by chance they're listening. I hope they are. God loves you. He lets you do the things you do. He don't want you to do them. He's got better things in mind, but he put up with me for 34 years. The long-suffering love of God allowed me to live wickedly before him. I, I deserved a lightning bolt. I didn't get one. I deserved all the hell and, and then some. But he gave me mercy. He gave me space. And, and anyway, thank God he did get through. He did pour out his spirit unto me. He did make his words known to me. But others are like old brother Eddie. In verse 24, God says, Because I have called, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 24, I have called. You know, we got called ID now. We say, I ain't answering that. Well, God here says, Because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded it. It's not for me. I'm going to tell you, there's a price for that. Verse 25, But you have said it not, all my counsel would none of my reproof. God goes further. Just so you'll understand how big a mistake it is to do what's mentioned here in verse number 24 and 25. God says in verse 26, I also will laugh at your calamity. You ever heard that old saying? He who laughs, laughs. He who laughs, laughs, laughs the hardest. God said, I also. They're laughing at God, making jokes about God. God said, I also will laugh at your calamity. God says, I will mock when your fear cometh. You know, as long as nothing's going wrong, nobody really thinks about eternity. But when things start going south, and they start going south quick, and you realize that you ain't got it all figured out, you realize you've made mistakes, God says, I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you. I try to imagine people in the Twin Tires, September 11th, when that first airplane hit, I guess those people at other tire thought, oh my God, help them Lord. Help them Lord. And it's rightly so. That would be the you know, the normal thing or the or the most um, probable thing that you could do would be concerned about those in that tower with that airplane sticking in it and the flames and the smoke and people jumping out of the windows. And then next thing you know, here comes a plane. It hits another tower. Well, God here is saying it can be like that. Uh, whoever thought that one plane would hit a tower, and then right after that, here come another plane and hit a tower. God says, when your fear cometh as desolation, 
Your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish coming upon you. There was probably some people in those towers that didn't have time for God. No. They were so busy uh, getting moving on up like a Jefferson moving on up. But, uh, they didn't have time for God. Uh, they didn't care about uh, eternity or things like that. Verse 28 says, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. Now that's pretty bad. That's crossed the line. I'm talking about that's where God has, has shut the door. And you can knock and He won't open. Right now He said, I stand before an open door. That's in a Revelations there. Hold on just a minute here. Uh, that, I didn't know I was going to say this. But uh, we're just trying to follow the Lord here this morning. And I like it like that. God says here in Revelations chapter number 3 verse 20. Behold I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door. I will come in to him. And will sup with him. And he with me. And uh, here they're, they're calling. And he's not answering. They seek. He said they, will, they shall seek me early. But they shall not find me. You can find him right now. He's not hard to find. But he will be hard to find if you keep shunning, you keep turning him down, you keep laughing and making fun, making jokes about God. We're talking about the fool has said in his heart there is no God. And the reason we went here is because verse 22 says fools hate knowledge. They're not interested in in eternity. They they just want to Live, you know, the Bible says our life's but a vapor, period for a little while. Uh, it's just a short time we're here. Single, I'm, I'll be 70 this month, and some people that's young, some people that's old. But I have to admit, I never dreamed I'd live that long. And uh, I, I know just around the corner, there's probably a wheelchair waiting for Brother Eddie. Maybe one of them little motorized carts. Sister Joanne got her one of them little motorized carts. You know, we just don't know what days will hold. We think we're always going to be able to go. We're always going to be able to do the things we want to do. But I'm telling you, these these bodies, these frail bodies, Psalms 39 verse 4, Lord help me to know how frail I am. Uh, While I'm as close to Psalms, just hold on a second here. Psalms 39 verse 4. Lord make me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. Oh my. These people have been mocking God, been making fun of God, and now, buddy, the trouble has showed up. Distress and anguish have come upon them, and now they're calling upon God, but He's not answering. They're seeking Him early, but they can't find Him. And here's why they can't. God tells why they've got the problem. Verse 29, God says, For they hated knowledge. They did not choose the fear of the Lord. Little little Lucy, three years old, raised her hand. I said, what you got, Lucy? She said, I want to get saved. She made a good choice. And I'll tell you, it's a good choice to let the Lord be Lord. To allow Him to forgive you. To allow Him to save you. To allow Him to help you. But here in verse 29 of Proverbs chapter 1, they hated knowledge. And they did not choose the fear of the Lord. God says in verse 30, They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. That's a terrible price to pay. But like I said, God says here, The fool has said in his heart, 
There is no God. We've got them today. The world is self-educated idiots today. And uh, they think, you know, because you went to college and you got more degrees than a thermometer that you ought to be called Dr. Fahrenheit, I guess. I'll tell you, uh, here's, here's wisdom. Uh, the fear of the Lord, that's wisdom. And, you know, you might gain the heights. Uh, you might gain the wealth. We're getting ready to have the first trillionaire. And we've got a lot of billionaires already and a lot of millionaires already. I'm working on my second million myself. I gave up on the first one. I'm just telling you, that's not the fool has said in his heart there is no God. Uh, being rich is not success. True riches is knowing the Lord and knowing that you're going to have eternity to enjoy after this short life's over. This first verse, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Uh, in Luke chapter 12, there's a farmer here. He's done good. And farmers, they want to do good. They work hard so they can do good. But I, I noticed in this farmer that done good that his plans didn't include God. And uh, it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 16, and he's speaking a parable, and the parable's about a rich fool. And he speaks a parable, said the ground of a certain rich man. Now he's already rich, but for plentifully. Now rich people think a little different than we do. They, they don't think like you and I do. I think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Well, what little bit I got to do with? Well, the rich man here, uh, he got... Uh, a blessing. Uh, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself. Now he didn't think about God. He didn't say Lord thank you. He didn't say praise God for this blessing. He thought within himself saying what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Now you know I have to admit we've got our house cluttered one and the other. And we're kind of in the category of no room. But it's not filled with riches. It's not like it's running over with wealth or anything like that. It's mostly uh, we're hoarders. We're afraid to throw anything away. Afraid we might need it. And I have to admit, it's been many times what I needed. I had down in the basement and one of the, uh, you know, one of the closets or, or, or our, our house is, is running over with, with things we're afraid to throw away. He said, within himself, what shall I do? He's got a problem here. He's already a rich man and now his ground's brought forth plentifully and, and he thinks within himself about this problem. What shall I do? Because I have no room where I bestow my fruits. Most rich people, the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. And he's not content uh, if I was already rich <laughs> and my ground brought forth pamphlet, I'd be feeding some poor people. I'd be making some phone calls. Y'all come get this. I've got more than I need. Rich people don't think like us. No. Uh, they never have enough. No. And the reason, Sister Sharon, is because they're never satisfied. Right. And we're satisfied. Paul said having food and raiment, they will be content, which means satisfied. And you know, we're satisfied with just a little bit we've got. I mean, I fixed me a sausage and egg sandwich this morning. And, uh, you know, that's that's pretty good. Having food and raiment, there will be content. The dogs watched me eat it, and I did give them. I mean, the dogs eat my crumbs. 
fall on my master's table and I've got one on each side. Their noses are wet and they watch me eat every bite and I'll piece a little off, give it to that one and it tried to run over and get this and boy it got it. But we gave them both a pinch. But uh, you know, we're content with such things as we have. This rich man, he's not content. And uh, he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns. Now my barns are about ready to fall down. But I for sure ain't going to pull them down, Jerry. I'm going to keep them up as long as I can. Pop them up as long as I can. But this rich man has the means to pull down his barns. And he's got the means to build greater barns. And he said, there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Now instead of giving them to somebody, uh, he's trying to figure out some way to keep them for himself. Verse 19 is why I said that. And he said, I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. He didn't have many years. Like I said, this first verse, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I never see where this man has any regard for God whatsoever. He didn't thank God for the, for the plentiful crop. He didn't thank God for what he had. Uh, he didn't thank God, you know, for, for any of this. And his plans is that he's going to have much goods laid up for many years. Everybody wants to have it kind of made in the shade down here. I guess that's the goal. I just want to one day have it made. I want to have my own island. I want to enjoy the labor. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Just don't forget. Uh, if you got too much, there's somebody sharing. Tell me about somebody was taking up clothes. And I aimed to bring two coats this morning. And the reason I didn't bring them is I didn't get time to wash them. I want to wash them before I bring them. But I've got two warm coats I'm going to bring and some other things. But I want to wash them before I can bring them. I didn't have time. My granddaughter's using the washer and dryer. And she's always got it full. And I, I, I couldn't get in line quick enough to get them washed. But I'm going to bring them. But uh, here this man's not trying to give his excess. He said... I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now that's his plans. God's not included at all. But if you'll notice, in verse number 20, God comes into his plans, and God says unto him, Thou fool. Now we're talking about fools here. And there's a lot of fools just like this man right here. I just seen, you know, I watch the news probably too much. But I see now where these these uh, rock stars are dying. These movie stars are dying. Uh, they've acquired all of this wealth. And they don't realize they're going to leave it behind because they hoarded it. Now someone else will end up with it. But uh, here God says unto him, Thou fool, this night. He, he didn't think about dying. He was thinking about living. He said, I've got many years. And I'll say in those many years, eat, drink, and be merry. But God tells him pretty bluntly right here, and I guess this would be God's alarm clock for all the fools out there. God says this night. Now we're not talking about one more night. Wait a little longer, Jesus. He said, this night, thy soul, shall be required of thee. You know, he mentioned my soul there in verse 19. I'll say to my soul, God said, buddy, this night, your soul is going to be required of you. Then, who shall those things be which thou hast provided? 
Now God's given this as a parable. So he gives a conclusion of this parable in verse 21. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now some people are rich down here and some people be rich up there. I'm telling you. You'll see one day what that means. The Lord mentioned that in Matthew chapter 25. And uh, anyway, we're in Proverbs chapter 14, uh, Psalms chapter 14, verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. I don't know we're going to get past verse 1 this morning, Rita. But uh, in Mark chapter 8, it talks about what would it profit a man, verse 36 through 38. What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his soul? And we heard that parable about that rich man. But also here in verse number 1, it says they are corrupt. And uh, we change the terminology everything. Today, you got to get the pronouns right. Uh, you know, you don't even have to worry about God. You can be anything you want to be. Uh, you can twist it any way you want to twist it. You can color it any way you want to color it. We've got the rainbow uh, brush now, the rainbow uh, theology now. But you see, God starts out, the fool has said, there is no God. If there wasn't no God, have your rainbow theology. Hey, have room 216. Have bare breast on the White House lawn. Have the rainbow flag in between the two American flags. Yeah. Only problem is, there is a God. And He said things a certain way. And He said in uh, Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, He said that if a man lays with a man as he lays with a woman, it's abomination. Now, this is God talking here. And it says they've done abominable works. It's an abomination. It's not an alternative lifestyle. It's not like, you know, you can have uh, somehow uh, your way. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hallelujah. Ashley called me this morning and said, I'd like to come. And I couldn't go, but I gave her Sarah's phone number. And evidently, Sarah could pick her up. Good to have you here this morning. But uh, we're in. We're in Psalms chapter 14. We're still in verse number 1. But it says they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. You know God, He said in uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4. I don't think we're going to get through this lesson this morning. So I ain't going to worry about it. But He said marriage is honorable and all. Bed undefiled. But homeowners and adulterers God will judge. If there wasn't a God, you wouldn't have to worry about none of that. If it wasn't a God, hey, you can have gender confusion. If it wasn't a God, hey, uh, you can have, you know, the transgender, uh, transsexual uh, nonsense. The only problem is this verse starts out as the fool. Right. We've got a lot of foolish people down here. Our government's getting foolish. Mm -hmm. This book that I mentioned tells you what's really going on. It's, it's really sad. I hate it that our nation has left walking with God and they're walking with heathenistic uh, theology and terminology and stuff. And uh, I must tell you, the first two words of Psalms 14 pretty much put the finger on the problem of uh, you know living abominable or corrupt ways. Uh, it says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. If there's not no God, don't worry. If there is a God, you better be not only worried, uh, you better start thinking eternally 
I'll tell them, he goes, one day you're going to meet this God. They, they are corrupt. They've done abominable works. There's none that doeth good. Uh, also, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13 also mentions about, you know, that it's abomination for a man to uh, lie with a man as with a woman. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 26 through 28 calls it vile affections. Calls it reprobate. That's someone uh, that God has rejected. Uh, someone that's past feeling. And uh, this first verse says so much. Uh, it says there's none that doeth good. And that's why all are, are in need to be saved. I mean, I, there was a few times in my life I thought I was doing pretty good, that I was okay, that, that I was as good as so-and-so. But you, you compare yourself with Jesus, and you realize just how short you have come from the glory of God, and you've got to be as good as Jesus to go to heaven, and there's no way you can reach it. It's out of reach. But praise God, He gave Himself for us, a ransom for all, and I'm redeemed by His precious blood, and He put His righteousness on me and measured me up. So the latter part of this verse, if you don't have Jesus, uh, I'm telling you, you're in bad shape. There's none that doeth good, it says here. That's actually mentioned also in Romans chapter number 3, none doeth good, no, not one. If you notice verse number 2, the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek the Lord. Uh, in uh, Chronicles chapter 16, verse 7 through 13, it's talking about a, a great king. His name is Asia, and he's a good king. And there's not too many of them ever. He's a good king. But here, uh, the prophet comes to Asia and uh, he's doing good, but he's not altogether good. So here in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, we'll turn there. Lord, these Sunday school lessons are a little bit deeper than even I thought it's going to be. Amen. In uh, verse 7, it says, At that time, Hananiah, the seer, that's a prophet, came to Asia, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and hast not relied upon the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thy hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubans a huge host, with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thy hand. For the eyes of the Lord, here's why I've turned to this, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Hereto thou hast done foolishly. Therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Boy, I'll tell you, that's not a good word from a prophet. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And uh, Asia didn't like this news. Verse 10 of uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Then Asia was wroth or mad with the seer of the prophet and put him in a prison of house. Uh, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asia oppressed some of the people at uh, the same time. And behold the acts of Asia first and last were well, written in the book of kings of Judah and Israel. Verse 12 says, Asia in the 30 and ninth year of his reign was diseased in his feet. I think that probably gout. I mean, I don't know. But it says he was diseased in his feet. 
Now this is a great king. He done so good. And I may reflect back on that real quick here in just a second. But because of what he did, uh, he's diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. You know, I'll just tell y'all, watching my wife, I've been married to her 48 years. Doctors are practicing physicians. They don't mind a bit practicing on you. And they'll charge you accordingly too. I promise you that. Well, he didn't go to God. And he is the Lord God that healeth us. He went to doctors. Uh, he said, yet in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. And next verse says, and Asia slept with his fathers and died there in the, in the one and fortieth year of his reign. So, uh, for two years, he suffered with this disease in his feet and they buried him in the sepulchres of one of his David. Now let me read real quick here about Asia. He done a lot of good. And I, I you know all of us, <laughs> well, we make mistakes, all of us do. But Asia here in uh, 1 Kings chapter 15 verse 9. Uh, well, let's jump down to verse 11 for a second time. Asia did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Uh, as David, his father, he took away the sodomites out of the land, removed all the idols that his father had made. Uh, he also removed his his mother uh, from being queen because she had made an idol. In Asia, destroyed her idol, burned it by the brook Kidron. He done a lot of good. I'm just trying to tell you about Asia here. But the eyes of the Lord run to and fro in all the earth. And they look. And they see. And God knows. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, uh, Achan thought he'd done a pretty good job of hiding his sin. He hid it so good nobody knew it but God. That's why they couldn't defeat Ai. Even though it was a little bitty city, God wouldn't let them defeat it because there was a problem. He said there's sin in the camp. Nobody knew it but God and Achan. And Moses said, and I believe it's Numbers 32-23, be sure of this, you'll sin and find you out. One thing to do with sin, take it to Jesus. <laughs> you don't have to go no further than Jesus. I'll just tell you right now, he's a friend of sinners. He can fix the problem that we have with sin. We're no match for sin. God knows. He remembers our frame. We're just dust and ashes. We struggle. There's a devil down here. There's sin on every corner. They're getting good. I mean, there's so many avenues now to sin, sin your way. I mean, I get pop-ups. I get phone calls. I get all kinds of things. And what the Bible tells us to do, cast them down. Cast down every thought, uh, everything that obedience to Christ, everything exalted itself against Christ. Just run to Jesus so can we talk. I've got a problem. He's the only one that can help with the problem. Uh, we didn't get no further than, than verse number 2. But uh, here in Psalm chapter 14, remember the topic is about a fool. And uh, verse 2 even continues that the fool doesn't realize that God's looking down from heaven upon them. And God wants to know why they're not understanding and why they're not seeking Him. Don't be a fool. And we'll stop our lesson right there. Father, thank You for this lesson this morning. How great, Lord, this lesson is. I realize, Lord, while we're having to take time, Lord, it's so important, Lord, to take in what this chapter says. And I thank You, Lord, for the privilege to get these great truths 
out, Lord, by way of the live stream, by way of the internet. We don't want no one, Lord, to die like a fool. David said about Abner, Abner, did you die as a fool dieth? A fool dies not realizing he's going to die. And Lord, we pray for these fools out there that haven't got saved. And Lord, that they'll not only seek the Lord, but they'll find Him. Lord, they'll get saved and get ready to one day give up this short life and go to that eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right.